Bridging transgenerational barriers on topics ranging from yoga, astrology, spirituality, plant medicine, social activism, personal development, and everything in between. Dare to explore transcending traditions. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast episode with Transcending Traditions. I'm your host, Rebecca from Yogini C Solutions. And for today's episode, we have our very special guest. Her name is Mercedes Gaia, also known as the Aquarian Priestess. Um, For those of you who are interested in astrology, she is a sun and moon Aquarius and a Virgo rising. And um, Mercedes is actually also a medicine woman and known for a lot of her um, astrology readings that she does and incorporates into a lot of her beautiful offerings. So just to get us started and have our listeners get to know you a little bit better, Mercedes, maybe you could tell us about your journey and what was your life like before you did everything that you do now, like, you know, what let you down the priestess path and, and what does that look like for you now? So just kind of give us that run through. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, well, my life before um, the remembrance journey, right? A lot of people, they might call it the awakening or enlightenment. Um, but for me, it really is actually just a remembrance. It's an activation that happens where we remember um, our full story, right? Um, or at least it starts to be unraveled for us and revealed to us just who we actually are outside of our body, you know, outside of our existence in this current incarnation with this current name on this current planet. So um, before my remembrance journey, however, I was an actress. I um, wanted to be an actress since I was a just a toddler it was always in my life I went to performing arts school for children I did um, acting all throughout school high school college I lived in Atlanta and Los Angeles and I had auditions um, and representation and that was what my journey looked like before my remembrance and um, what pretty much was the catalyst for my activation and remembering who I've always been and what I'm actually here to do outside of the illusion and matrix, right? Was a breakup. And I I broke up with someone who I really felt was my twin flame at the time. And I was really depressed and I didn't have any motivation or insight as to what my purpose was here so I really felt like I had no purpose I didn't uh, understand why you know my life had been so difficult and why when I applied myself and really worked hard to do the things that everyone says will lead you to success going to school going to college graduating Um, and just working hard, right? Working hard, getting some job, no matter what it was and working hard and hoping that it would turn into something. And all of those things just always blew up uh, (laughs) for me. Nothing really would ever last or um, sort of progress. I was always stuck somewhere and I was constantly feeling unappreciated no matter how hard I worked at a job or how qualified I was, you know, I never really got promotions, I never really um, felt seen. And so that was quite frustrating. And um, I'm actually I've been mostly single most of my life, I've had maybe like four real boyfriends, and none of them were long term at all. And so when I found uh, I met this this guy in England, when I was backpacking Europe one summer, I really, we really connected and we planned to live together. I planned to move to the UK and be with him. And the UK customs actually stopped me and they did not let me come into the country and they sent me back on the next flight to LA. Wow. So yeah, it was really, it was really actually quite unbelievable. Um, and 
And you had people, already had plans on being together and like everything was set basically? Yes. I mean, I had like pretty much taken care of everything um, as far as my belongings and my car and everything. I invested thousands of dollars uh, in getting my dog um, neutered or uh, spayed. I can't remember which one is which for the female dog, but um, I had to get her fixed. And then I had to get all of this uh, documentation for making her a uh, emotional support animal and then being able to take her to the UK and paying all of these fees for a pet passport. So um, I really aligned everything and set everything up. And then um, the universe just sent me back because it wasn't what I was supposed to do. It wasn't my path. And, but at the time, of course, I had no idea, you know, what that even meant. And it just felt like, wow, that was the last thing that I had hoped would be that turnaround, right? Would be that breakthrough point where I could get to be normal and things would actually work out, you know, like I found someone that I really loved and we were really down for each other, you know, energetically, spiritually, all of those things. And when that didn't work out, no matter how hard I tried, when I came back to LA, I was super depressed. I was suicidal and I really, I just had no, I couldn't, I didn't have a reason to live. I, I didn't know why um, I was here or what the point was really, you know, cause it just seemed like such a never ending struggle. And then I, I made a list after speaking with my best friend at the time, Mackenzie, I made a list of reasons that I should live, right? And it was pretty sad because I, the only thing I could come up with was my dog because I didn't want to desert her, you know, after all that we had been through. Um, I felt like that was just, that was just unfair for her. And, and she was love, you know, she was that support and that companionship that I think we all need um, to, at some level, you know, before we become self-aware enough to be resourceful within ourselves and support ourselves and, you know, keep ourselves company and things. So I thought to myself, you know, I had heard about ayahuasca for years uh, back then, and I had wanted to sit with it when it aligned but I was always into spirituality. I just was not a priority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take it seriously. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I did definitely uh, love, you know, astrology and the idea of moving to some foreign country and studying some traditional way of learning from some medicine guru, right? But there were a lot of limitations and, you know, first of all, financially back then, um, I was definitely not in a place where I knew for sure that I would be safe in some jungle, right. With some male shaman, which also there are a lot of. This was something in, in terms of like taking ayahuasca, you wanted to go into the jungle to take it. Yes, yes. That was something I wanted to do for years prior before that that whole kind of meltdown. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, I had remembered that, that that was something I'd always wanted to do. I'd always wanted to take my spirituality to a deeper level. And I felt that you know, because of all of all of the things that we know ayahuasca can can assist with, right? I felt like it was the perfect time to just do it and that I had nothing to lose prior to to this time, right? With the breakup and everything, I had kind of felt scared because there are a lot of cases of women being taken advantage of um, inappropriately by male shamans and then being stuck in the jungle with no, you know, outside communication. So that was something that I was really kind of fearful of. I really wanted to sit with a woman, a a woman shaman, a female shaman and, um, medicine woman. So I didn't know any. And then when I got back, when I got sent back to Los Angeles, I prayed and I asked for, 
someone somewhere to help me find a shaman that I was going to connect with, resonate with, and that would be a woman uh, so that I could sit with ayahuasca. And then three days later, I ended up meeting a man who was training with a medicine woman from the UK, um, which is ironic, right? And she does luxury retreats around the world. And she was coming to Malibu uh, within a month after that. So he got me connected with her. I went and that is when my remembrance really just blasted off. Yeah. So that was my life before. And that was almost five years ago now. Wow. What an amazing Mm -hmm. story. Thank you so much for sharing so much deep, raw, like vulnerable emotions. Like I, I, held back some tears a little bit, but um, that's very, very um, astounding that you made such a, a leap in, and just to see how the universe was really guiding you and all of the synchronicities and in every little thing, right? When we are in the moment, it's so easy to be so overcome with emotion and yet just taking it one step at a time and, and seeing how this woman was kind of just like this opportunity to be with this woman was just kind of right around the corner for you. And that that really kind of helped catalyze this, this new beginning and, and this new journey that you've been on for, for almost five years now, you said, and um, with that, I just, I'm curious um, what, once you began this journey of like understanding that this is something you wanted to do and working with her, um, what were some of the challenges you faced in, in embarking on the spiritual journey once that was like something you were dead set on? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges I had at that time was um, my, my willingness or capability really to be vulnerable, which is really necessary in, in our healing journeys, right? Um, To be vulnerable with people and to really open up ourselves and show who we truly are, you know, where we realize and we are aware that we could be hurt um, in some way or we could, you know, it's, it's really interesting because during that healing initial initial healing phase you're super sensitive as well so it's like you're reborn again and you're like a child all over again and you want to just be love and you want to be happy and you want to grow and learn and shed and you want to be seen right for who you are and accepted unconditionally but it is it is actually um it was a struggle for me because I was always independent. I was always on my own. You know, I was coming from the industry of rejection, which was, you know, the acting industry, the film industry in LA. So you had to have thick skin, you know, and then growing up like in Kentucky in the South and being um, African-American, there were all of these layers that I really had to, look at and decide if I was going to allow it to limit me from being all that I could be or not. So that was a struggle um, for sure. I think my biggest struggle was vulnerability and allowing other people to hold me until I was strong enough to to hold myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's, I think that speaks to a lot of people's you know, journeys as well is like when we begin the healing journey of, you know, our childhood wounds, our inner child, our traumas, our love, our ability to accept ourselves, like, you know, every part of that whole process, you know, the ability to be vulnerable is something mm-hmm. that I think anyone can, can really relate to. And I think just honoring that for you, you know, how, how beautiful that has been for you to have gone through so much sensibility around that. And I think um, from, from what I'm hearing as well, like, like you're just like lighting up 
when you talk about vulnerability in the way that like you're reclaiming your vulnerability, you know, like this whole process. Yes, I had to, we all, we all must, we all must. And, and yeah. And so I, I think that a, a big part of reclaiming that vulnerability that that you've done so far is, and that we all continue to do, right? It's a never ending process is um, also yeah. like looking deep within yourself and seeing what areas of your life can you be more vulnerable and understanding what aspects of yourself can you find greater self-awareness towards and shed more light towards. And I think that part of that um, astrology has a really beautiful way of doing that for us, right? And, and um, mm-hmm. even you know your name, is the Aquarian priestess. Um, and that's actually one of the things that initially attracted me to your Instagram page and, and made me curious about who you are and what you do. And so I was just wondering um, if you could tell us a little bit about what inspired you to come up with that title for your business. Okay, yeah. Um, so honestly, I wouldn't even, um, it's interesting because like, I have businesses, but my priestess path is not a business, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just who I am. Like it really is my purpose. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, realizing or remembering that purpose that happened a few years ago, that was like about two and a half years ago. So I was uh, attending a ayahuasca ceremony in the UK, actually. I had gone back. They let me in and everything was aligned. And I actually went back to sit with the medicine woman again from the UK, right? Um, But that time I had went to her, her neck of the woods. And I was in, I was brought into Isis's temple. So the goddess Isis, or also known as Aset, I was in her temple. And before that, um, I had had nuances, right, and visitation um, and synchronicities aligned with her. But I thought maybe it was just, you know, some type of of phase or cycle where, oh, this goddess can help you and assist you. And I didn't realize that I was completely multidimensionally like beyond even my comprehension at that time that I was a part of her you know she was like my mother in a sort or um you know my soul was very linked to her lineage and she brought me to a temple and she showed me things um that I've always had as tools or gifts and why and she explained to me, you know, you are a priestess of, of my lineage and you will do these things. And this is why all of these things are, are given to you and you've always had them and you can use them for good or, or evil, right? Essentially. Right. And um, then after that, I had sat with ayahuasca a few times in the States um, and really just had this moment where once we learn so much, we can't go back, right? And so there was, it was, it was the time where, okay, Mercedes, you know what you need to do. You've been healing. You've been doing so much intense transformation and shedding, and you are ready to begin this priestess work, right? And you need to do it, okay? Because we discussed what happens when you're not walking your path, right? Things fall apart, things are hard, things are difficult um, because you have a very specific thing to do and now you're aware, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, there was this moment where basically um, they told me like, it's time to step into this and own it. So um, I was looking into, I was just feeling into, you know, as we all start to remember who we are and start to, to embody our path, a lot of us change our names or we, we find some specific niche that 
really resonates with our path and what we're really here to accomplish. And I knew I was a priestess, but, you know, looking at other women who resonate with the same title, I just didn't resonate with them. You know, um, first of all, I'm African-American, you know, I'm melanated as hell. And I was the only one usually in these medicine circles, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I, I did become a yoga teacher. I did practice Reiki, but, you know, my gifts ended up kind of transforming beyond those titles, beyond those certifi certifications and beyond those, um, you know, those rules really. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are a lot of rules in place with certain certifications and titles and all this shit that is not necessary, right? I think it's great to have structure to begin with, but a lot of people just stay there and, and then they live their life so strictly bound by some other guru's um, interpretation or opinion when really it's about us finding our own, right? Using those training wheels and thanking the guides who walk with us. But when we're ready, it's about transforming and finding our own understanding and, and defining our own um, experience and gifts and developing them, right? So um, I was always into astrology, like I mentioned, and once um, that remembrance kind of kicked off and um, after I decided, oh my gosh, I have every reason to live, you know, after my first ayahuasca experience, I really uh, started to invest in astrology um, courses, webinars, everything that I could really go deep with. And, um, you know, I, I was self-taught and a lot of the information I found on the internet that was free was a great way to start, but I needed more. I needed so much more because my life was so different than anyone I knew. And I knew that I had a reason, right, to, to be here and exist. And I wanted to just have more clarity and understand who I was, right? Because that's a healing process in itself. And I see astrology as medicine, especially the astrology I do. I call it star medicine. And it's, it's quite ceremonial too. But I started studying astrology and really learning more about myself. And I got really involved in uh, astrocartography, which is relocation astrology, because I'm from Kentucky originally. And um, I had moved around a few places, but I hadn't found a place that ever felt like home. Um, and I still felt so much struggle. So I wanted to find out how, first of all, to find a place where I could thrive and that would support me in my journey and my path. And um, so I got into all of that. And within that also, like learning more about um, my gifts and, and my placements, it really pointed to healing. I had been doing certifications and all of those things. But again, it was just like, I am so Aquarius, right? I have a stellium in Aquarius. I have four or more planets, which is a stellium in Aquarius. And Aquarius is unexpected. It's unique. It's not like everyone else. It's not um, about limitations or rules. It actually is all about liberation and being free to do whatever the fuck you want, you know? And <laughs> that aligns with you, that resonates with you. So I was like, I'm the Aquarian priestess. And my guides are like, yes, yes, that's right. And, and, uh, and I announced it and I made a post and then it went, um, it was really, really powerful and people really resonated with it. And um, yeah, and then it was just like, I was woken up in the middle of the night and, and my guides were telling me, okay, it's time to start. Like, go ahead. Like you need to do retreats. Like you have work to do you know and so that's really like once I just announced I was you know going by the Aquarian Priestess everything really just lined up for me and yeah it's been rocking and rolling ever since but that's how the priestess path unfolded for me wow that's amazing and what a beautiful story about how really using you know, this, this beautiful tool of astrology to really dive deeper into yourself and, and understand that like your path is so unique to you. And especially with the zodiacal, you know, archetypal, like 
energy of Aquarius, we see it as the visionary sign, right? Like you're ahead of your time. You have this futuristic way of, of seeing things. And, and even like with the way you speak, I can tell, you know, like you have this vision that's kind of beyond a lot of what people just see in the now, in the matrix, like you said, like you have a more visionary zoomed out way of, of understanding. And I think that also speaks to how you even came to that name. And, and one thing I also want to point out is that, um, you know, a lot of times our guides, you know, whether you call them God, source, energy, guides, spirits, what, whatever you want to say, whatever speaks to you, you know, they, you know, it is something, this, this energy, it does speak to us in different ways. And it does bring us messages that, that we're meant to see if we're open to it. And and if we allow ourselves to, to be in a place where we can be guided in the direction of our, of our soul path and our soul journey. And one thing you mentioned that I thought was um, really interesting is how you would like wake up in the middle of the night. And so just something that I'm curious, like, was this a spiritual practice that you had? Was this something spontaneous? Do you, do you have a, any spiritual practices related to connecting with your guides or connecting with your ancestors or you know with Aphrodite or like could you just give us a little bit more information on that because I know some of my listeners don't have a may not necessarily have a spiritual practice so if you could just touch on what that looks like for you yes absolutely well honestly um it does differ um from day to day but the the one thing that remains the same is I'm always at my altar so in the morning um, and at night before bed, I'm constantly at my altar. And sometimes I'm doing breath work, sometimes I'm doing yoga and using my, my training, you know, my journey and everything that I've learned, I'm constantly embodying it and using it. So that is like the base, that's literally ground zero, that is base camp, right? for anyone that wants to develop a ritual is to, you know, tune in, find what's attracting you, what you're interested in learning more about, and then actually practicing it and utilizing it. It's the most important thing because otherwise you're not going to see the full uh, benefit or transformation of what can happen when we apply ourselves and invest ourselves and make time for ourselves when we make our self-care and our spirituality a priority it does transform a lot and it does shift so many things when we do that work and so that's really necessary it's not about coming up with the money for a training and showing up and then that's it no it's about embodying that and doing the work and processing and and giving yourself that time and space before you even are offering things to people, right? Because you have to know it works, right? You can't just have an idea just because it worked for someone else. Um, yeah, that's really important. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, what I'm doing every day, I usually am always either stretching and doing a bit of yoga or some breath work, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. Um, sometimes it's a deeper journey, right? It's more shamanic. It's about a couple hours, but always I am at my altar. I stay at my altar. I stay um, really in alignment. Like I do what is necessary day to day Mm -hmm. until I like whatever is necessary for me to get aligned with myself so that I can have a clear channel right and thus I can interact with my my guides um I work with my ancestors heavily and I work with my high self heavily and from time to time I will incorporate you know goddesses or uh, my star family and I will have visitations and information from uh, my star family as far as things that uh, they're suggesting uh, for me to do of service, right? But yeah, I think it really, there's so many ways to develop your connection with your guides. Um, and we have, it, it all just depends on who you are and what resonates with you. That's why it's kind of like, 
it is so unique, right? It is Aquarian. So what works for me is not going to work for other people. And some other people do all of this shit, right? Back to back all day, every day. And yet they have some lack or gap, right? Where they're still not aligned. So I think it's all about intention. Why are you doing this? What are you, you know, like, what is your um, goal? Because for me, it's just to align with myself and be balanced and clear my vessel. So if something's coming up, my goal is to clear it up, right? To process it, to move through it um, so that I can be clear again and, and neutral or balanced again, because that is so important with, you know, connecting with any other energies um, for guidance or, um, yeah, I mean, you have to be aligned. Otherwise, things are just going to be distorted. If you're not balanced and everything around you and everything that you're doing is going to be some way a reflection of where you're at energetically, that's why it is so important to do the work and never stop. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, coming back to it day by day. You know, whether you do breath work or yoga or meditation or connecting with your higher self or speaking with your ancestors or journaling, you know, whatever it is, like it doesn't even have to look the same day by day, but coming back to it, right? Coming back to the intention, coming back to that space of like purification of renewal and using that to clear your channel, like you said. And I think that's really important um, and can bring the most profound benefits that we can only really discover in the process, right? It's, it's truly a journey of experiencing, um, not of like an end goal, right? It's, it's really a habitual sacred practice of coming home to yourself with, with, like you said, creating a sacred space for yourself, whether it's, it's an altar or it's a space in your home, you know, in your room somewhere that you can feel that sacredness. And, um, with that, I think, you know, that really speaks to, you know, th this discipline that you have cultivated for yourself of coming home to yourself in your sacred space and, you know, doing whatever you need to do in that moment. Um, I can tell that I think, you know, it's something that's really allowed for you to tap into your spiritual gifts, you know, and, and tap into like who you really are and how you can really serve. And, and with that, my question is, um, how, how do you feel like your life has changed since you have become more embodied into this really, you know, like you said, this powerful spiritual activator that you are and, and like what you, what you can do for yourself and for your others? Like how, how do you feel that the shift has occurred? Um, well, uh, as far as how it occurred, we, you know, we, I touched on that a bit, like as far as my, like you know, remember like now, for example, mm -hmm. you know, like how you feel about your day, how you feel about going about doing things for yourself and, and just what you do. Yeah. Um, well, everything has changed. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, like everything. And I am so, I'm just so much more in tune mm. I'm more in tune with everything around me and everyone around me and when I meet people and whether I'm working with them or they're just someone in you know a store and we get to talking right I've noticed that because I put myself first and I'm so devoted to my spirituality, it shows. It shows in ways that people that are completely like in the matrix um, and haven't heard a thing about ayahuasca, they can feel and they recognize and people want to talk to me. People come up to me all the time and they just ask if they can sit down and speak with me. Like, and they have these conversations where it's like their high self is 
is telling them, right? Directing them. And they're not, they're not aware enough to know that, right? But because they're open for whatever reason, or because they just feel safe to be open with me, which is something that a lot of people tell me, so many freaking people tell me that, um, they're able to sit down and have some type of, of conversation that assists them, you know? Um, and not because I'm trying to, cause I'm just maybe having a coffee or working at a cafe here in Mexico, you know, um, just doing my thing. Right. Um, but it has changed the way that people interact with me, um, like strangers interact with me. It has changed my abundance, my, um, faith in, in following my gifts and in, confidently making decisions because because of of the work that I've done that has allowed me to see what happens when I try something different right or what happens when I don't have a logical answer but it feels good and I do it right not knowing having any clue how it could possibly turn out and also not allowing fear to keep me from moving forward or taking that leap of faith and trust in the universe and in my own capabilities and my own self. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm blessed. I have everything that I have could ever want really. Um, I didn't really want a lot when I started, uh, you know, going to medicine ceremonies and doing these trainings. I did all of that because I wanted tools that I wanted to find something that worked that I could be um, sovereign and independent in killing myself. I just wanted to be a better person. I just wanted to enjoy my life. And that was my only, that was what I was doing all of that for. So when everything else kind of aligned and unfolded for me, to like step into the leadership position that I'm in today, it, from then on, it's just been blessings. And I'm grateful to get to do what I do and get to see the transformation in so many women that I work with and see how their lives are changing and seeing how working on myself, um, you know, all of the energy I put into that, all of the hours, all of the investments, even that energy is never lost and it's all showing up. And yeah, I'm just super grateful. It's that's, I mean, everything has changed everything. Wow. Oh, so beautiful. Wow. Just taking opportunity to just honor that, that transformation for you, like full blown metamorphosis, you know, of like, turning into this like magnetic personality that people just like on an intuitive level, they just feel like they can trust you and open up to you and just feel like a pull, a draw towards you and, and seeing how everything is so in flow, right? Just sounds like, like, you know, no one's life is perfect, but just being able to feel like things are flowing for you in the way that are, they're meant to, you know, I think that's, that's really, really powerful to be able to have that, um, you know, regardless of your path, to be able to feel like you're flowing, you know, like you're there's right. in what you do and in how you do it and in living out your, your objectives. And, and I think that also speaks to, you know, something that regardless of whether or not you want to have a spiritual path, you know, or, or want to necessarily be a spiritual leader, it's just tapping into that intuition, right? Into that that psychic energy that we all to some degree carry. And, and yet I want to ask you, you know, do you think um, as someone with experience, you know, working with, with your intuition and with your psychic abilities, um, do you think that anyone can be intuitive or psychic and, and how do you think they could, they could know whether or not they are? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, I think that what I know for sure is that every woman uh, definitely has <laughs> psychic, psychic gifts, period. Absolutely. Um, every woman, doesn't matter. If you have a womb, then you have the ability to connect 
um, it's a two-way technology or device, right? Our wombs. We are able to bring <laughs> spirits or beings into this simulation, into this world, into this uh, existence, right? Um, through our bodies, through our vehicles, uh, we are the vessel. And we're also able to extend outwardly um, into that void, into that, that radiant um, womb of the universe and retrieve whatever it is that we are we're seeking, um, period. So every woman has a psychic gift and many of us have more than one. And I think um, a lot of people don't understand what psychic actually means. A psychic is not someone who um, can see the future and reads tarot. It's not. Um, some psychics do, but psychic, it comes from the Greek word psyche, which actually means soul, spirit, or it also means butterfly in Greek when you were speaking of metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. So um, it's about, you know, psychic gifts are abilities to connect with our souls and to connect with our spiritual selves with our journeys, with everything in a spiritual way. And we all have different unique ways that we can go about doing that, developing or processing or obtaining information from, um, you know, the divine, a divine source, right? And we all have that. So um, a lot of people may not know that because they don't they haven't made it a priority right they haven't even thought about it um people run away from the word psychic and that's really one thing uh that i want to assist in reclaiming and re um revisiting with my my program that i'm working on now because uh it's not about it's not about just seeing the future and you know pulling tarot cards and people are confused about that so um yeah, <laughs> everyone has gifts. I, I, I can't really speak for the masculine because I don't know the masculine. I think that we all have the ability to connect. Um, and definitely we've seen a, the patriarchal agenda of society take over the medicine community. And now shamans, um, shamans are starting to allow women to learn the ways again, but the truth is, is that we were the original shamans. We were the we were always, you know, uh, the oracles or the priestesses, you know, um, and all the stories. It was always us. Uh, it was always the the women. And when you know the whole patriarchal uh, on earth, that whole agenda started taking leeway it became demonized for women to be in touch with their gifts. They were called witches, right? And they were hunted down. They, not everyone's casting spells, but if someone had a vision or an inkling or um, maybe just a knowing that something might happen and then it came true, now all of a sudden she's a threat. Why? Because we don't have to, um, we're not consulting outside of ourselves to make decisions, um, right? And we are connected with divine, the divine. So if something's happening outside of us in society or within a relationship, we see that clear as day, right? We can see through people. So it became an agenda to um, discredit, to instill this permanent, almost, almost permanent fear in women from tapping into our connection, right? Um, so yeah, every woman has psychic gifts, psychic abilities, which AKA, again, um, for those of the listeners who tune out, because sometimes I do that too, psychic does not mean you read people's futures, okay? Or that you read cards. It means you are connected with yourself, with your high self, with your soul, your eternal spirit. And you know how to access um, that frequency of divinity absolutely absolutely wow that's so beautiful and and i think it's really important to understand that 
this is something like you said for all women and probably most men too if they if they're willing to open themselves up to that you know we all have that ability within us if we tap into it if we choose to tap into it and um with that just you know for listeners who might just be learning about this now for the first time do you have any advice on something that people can do right now that someone could do right now um, in their own life like a simple key takeaway that they could do to begin to like listen more to that or discover more of that for themselves yeah absolutely i the first step in in developing our psychic gifts or strengthening them right uh, because at this time, a lot of people's gifts are kind of coming online anyway because of the shift in the frequency around the planet right. uh, for humanity. So people are more open and they're realizing like, huh, like, you know, they're able to even witness and be aware of synchronicities that unfold for them or for, um, you know, inklings that they have, or they get this, they, you know, there's a lot of ET contactees um, that are getting messages or visitations, whether that's in this dimension, or it's just um, telepathic, right? People are able to see, um, they're able to see beyond the veil. There are a lot of people who uh, they're able to start, they're seeing spirits, or they're seeing fae folk, or they're seeing entities, and it's not always consistent and they don't know what's going on, but the best way to start to develop your gifts so that you can be more aware and have a deeper understanding and not be so scared is to spend time with yourself, clearing your vessel and clearing your space. Uh, sage is not the only way to do that. You can do that literally with your mind and your intention. It it does have a lot to do with belief. So if you don't believe that you're capable of clearing this space or that you have the power to um, protect yourself, then a lot of people like external tools like Sage um, because it makes them feel like they, they just believe in it more because it's tangible, right? It's physical. Um, but Sage is not the only, only thing. You can smudge with frankincense and myrrh. Um, you can smudge with dragon's blood. You can... Um, you know, you can use crystals to assist you in, in clearing and keeping your space clear, keeping your soul and your spirit, your energetic uh, field clear. It's really important to keep it clear so that you're not bombarded by everything that's in the field when you go out and about to, you know, the grocery store or when you're traveling, right? You're picking up on all of this stuff. So it's really important when you do come back to your space, wherever that sacred space is, your home, um, that you keep that clear and you keep your energy clear. And that uh, can be a multitude of ways. Um, smudging is one thing. Uh, crystals are really great. Crystal beans. I have a course on my website that um, goes into that because crystals are actually beans and a lot of people don't aren't even using crystals or working with crystals to the full capacity that we can. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, I think meditating is so broad and I think a lot of people, when they hear the word meditation, they are like, oh, I'm not sitting for like even five minutes by my, just like by myself to, you know, because they don't understand what that's actually doing. What that's doing is clearing their vessel. It's clearing their mind. It's clearing their body. Um, and that's why it's so important. There are so many ways to meditate. I really like breath work because, um, that action that you're taking, um, in whatever breath work pattern that you are uh, doing, right. That you're working with, it is just enough physical action that your mind's like, okay, I have something to do, but really you're clearing. So all of those things um, are really great. I think they're all accessible at these at this point in 2021 for people to just find. Um, but of course I have so many resources on my website um, for that reason, right? Absolutely, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, meditation, breath work, clearing your space, whether it's with sage or with your intention, even with your words, right? And, um, and as we come to a close, um, I just would like to, you know, take this opportunity to honor you and illuminate you and 
to share with our listeners, like, how can we work with you? Like, what are any projects you're working on right now? And like, um, yeah, just share a little bit about yourself in, in that way right now for us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I do luxury retreats um, in destination spots right now. I love Mexico. There's a lot of beauty and magic here that is still like it has managed to be protected um, for the most part, I would say, especially in certain parts of Mexico. Um, I've had a couple of retreats here last year that were they all sold out. And so I definitely definitely have um, a few lined up for starting in the summer around May. Um, and then for now, I have a program on psychic development that starts on March 13th. And um, yeah, there are some spots available still, and it's going to be a three-month journey where we're diving into all sorts of approaches, perspectives, methods. And um, I'm really excited because I'm able to offer a package where people have tools, right? Like physical, tangible tools too, right? We have all the things um, so that people can really find what works for them versus us studying one perspective or method or developing one gift. We're really exploring for everyone uh, in many different ways. Um, through many different portals uh, or approaches, right, to find what that is and developing and implementing and practicing. And it's going to be a group mentorship. So there's a sisterhood here um, for women to grow and, and journey through that development and not be scared and know how to protect themselves from psychic attacks and trickster spirits and all of these things um, and beyond. I mean, we're, we're going beyond because of course I'm Aquarius. So we're not doing any vanilla stuff. Of course, you know, there are, there are, there is structure with my Virgo rising, of course, um, and very much detail and depth but it is going to be uh, beautiful and fun and exciting. So that starts on March 13th. For anyone that is interested, they can just check out my website, theaquarianpriestess.com. Um, and then I'm on Instagram uh, predominantly. So it's at the Aquarian Priestess. Wow. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I can't wait to see all the beautiful psychic mentees that will come out of this amazing offering that you have and um, thank you so much for connecting with us for sharing your beautiful raw and real story of your journey and how it has brought you into becoming this magnificent woman that you are today and this you know this strong and powerful narrative that you can share with so much passion and conviction and um, with that I will bring us to a close and thank you so much Mercedes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Blessings to you. And you are just as powerful. And I am excited to see um, everything that you are accomplishing now and where you're headed. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Transcending Traditions podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to like us, follow us, tell your friends, and tune in next week. Bye-bye.